the good, the bad, and the Boucherian. The good, the bad, and the Boucherian. And folks, you're listening to the good, the bad, and the Boucherian. I think for me, I was I was very competitive from my young age, like, um, and that cuts across schoolwork, studies, and also sports. And this has greatly been been championed by my mom because my mom is more of like, if you're not number one, if you're number two, you're just like the first among the list of losers. So you have to be the best. Yes. Yeah. So two, two doesn't count. I think. I learn more when I observe people. So I'd look at people like um, a fellow classmate of mine, Melvin. Melvin would do math and go to do math to uh, to the extent of going to Brazil to doing math, you know? Mm. And this is someone you sat like a couple of desks close to. And it was mm-hmm. like when I'd reflect, I'd be like, huh, there's something this guy is doing that I'm not doing. And mm-hmm. And it's impressive to see how much he's how much he's achieving, and that's like that's what happens across the board in bush. Like the people doing chess, the people doing robotics, STEM, sports, math Olympiads, and people actually building even startups from ground up while you're still in in high school. You know, yes. so being in such an environment, if you're you can you can be completely ignorant of the fact that people are doing great stuff. But then if you're a reflective person, an introspective person, then it cuts you like, it's either I'm not working <laughs> well in, in this environment or uh-huh. just lazing around. And for me, that was what kept, it was just like a constant reminder at the back of my head, like, oh, I'm probably not doing enough. Or I felt I wasn't doing enough. It's your boy Billy and we're back at it with another episode. I hope you guys are keeping well, keeping safe and things are going well on your side as they are on mine. And today my guest in studio is Eugene Waweru, a junior at the University of Pennsylvania studying nursing and economics with a concentration in finance and healthcare management from the Wharton School. You guys, you know, I always tell you guys that my guests give me a lot of imposter syndrome. This is one of those because damn, you know, just thinking about law school. And I can't even fathom doing two majors. So that's very interesting. And he's passionate about healthcare equity and is involved in research, financial growth, and ample healthcare delivery. And I hope even as we talk about these things that he'll, in the conversation we'll have today, he'll circle back and tell us how he plans on using that in helping our Kenyan model in, you know, getting better and accessible healthcare. And Eugene is, has had experience as a frontline clinical officer through pen pen medicine and the financial acumen cutting across investment banking and management consulting with most notably his role as a consultant at mckinsey company in the philadelphia office and again i'll be asking him you know how do you do all these things i think these are the type of people we see on social media and these are the right people who give us so much pressure for some it's pressure for others it's inspiration so which side of the ball do you land on and you know, of course, outside work, he enjoys traveling, art exhibitions, and performance, and weightlifting, along other activities. I remember in high school, it used to be a very 
good football and it's very good to be reconnecting with you Eugene Eugene today so Eugene hi you know ah good how have you been i've been good uh tremendous work cuz it's uh midway into my school year and uh midterms are coming up but we have break from thursday that's why for how long uh for my school it's usually like four days but for other schools it's like a week yeah yeah so but it's it's, it's better than nothing cuz you just get to like sleep in for most of the time <laughs> for once yeah. in fact speaking of do you get to rest enough with how you go rest your courses and de- definitely your school uh i mean sometimes you can some 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 weeks you can some weeks you can't uh it's just finding the perfect balance because you could be missing out on sleep because of school work but also because of like the social activities as well yes yeah, so it cuts both ways. I remember in high school, someone took, told us about uh, NIT to affirm if it's true. Yeah. That's, do you know this analogy about the triangle? So you have sleep, mm-hmm. schoolwork, and social life. So yeah. that triangle, you only have to pick two. You can only pick two. You can't have <laughs> all three. So is that true? I'm yeah, a... that, that's true. That's true. I, 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 I mean, like, for... In my own experience, I'd say it's it's true. Like... You did. You did have to like go out, meet friends, do some activities, and then come and grind, and then sleep less, or choose, or choose the best too. But then if you do them halfway, halfway, it's still like, eh, you party yeah. and you sleep a little bit. You're still not like having the full, the maximum effect of each one of them. So it's also content. Uh-huh. Yeah. So with that as well, with the current conversation around uh, everyone telling us about having a perfect work-life balance mm-hmm. and, you know, all that good stuff. So for yeah. you, that is not uh, something in your books for at least the foreseeable future. Um, so one one quote one of my finance professors likes to, to say is, Rockefeller says, keep them working. The aim is to keep them working. And that's why you find mm-hmm. a lot of people are not going to entrepreneurship and all other stuff and daring because essentially i give you like golden cuffs i give you a good medical cover i give you a good salary i give you good perks i promote you um once in a while or occasionally and so in essence uh if you had a dream you kind of put it away and Mm -hmm. try to like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna chill i like my job it's it's fine and i love it but then if you had that drive to either build something or come up with a product, then over time it dies as your dependent as your dependence increases and as you get accustomed to this. So for me, it it's 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 it cuts across what are your pri- your priorities now. You could like grind right now and then rest later or it's gonna ease up later. But from the onset, from what I've seen, it's the first f- few years or the first few times that you're gaining experience and you're learning you have to be a sponge and you have to mm-hmm. like learn so much in a short span of time to be an expert in it otherwise you're still gonna be average yes yeah so with that as well for you what are your priorities right now that's one and two as well mm-hmm. as you said definitely as we grow older 
and you're given the good salaries, the bonuses, your dreams dwindle down and you decide, let me just, you know, stay in the matrix, as you guys call them these days. Call it these days, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, so for you, what, how come you still have the drive to definitely be an entrepreneur and still, you know, not, because you know, the, the paycheck is really good. And yeah. of course, it's less risk and uh, probably constant source of income. So for you, what keeps the dream alive? Especially considering that a lot of you guys who went abroad, a lot of you guys probably in Kenya wanted to be engineers, doctors, etc., etc., and then mm-hmm. a lot of you guys um go abroad and then that dream dies down, and so you decide to venture into things that are more—I don't know if it's sure bit more safety. Yeah, so a lot of people's dreams because I remember some of my friends who, for example, for the longest time, you know, you built your uh whole identity around being wanting to be a doctor because of yeah. course you've been a high achiever all along, and so. You know, in Kenya, at least, those are some of the professions that are well coveted. And then you go abroad and then that dream in Historia Jabba too, you just know, ah, this dream was, you know, maybe you didn't know better or maybe uh, with the opportunities available to you, it's just not aligning with you anymore. So for you, how do you keep that dream alive uh, to, you know, still be an entrepreneur, but still, how do you keep the dream alive with what you mm-hmm. need to be while you're in Kenya? Um, so I can, I can give you context. Uh, yes. For most people, when they apply or when they're coming to the US, their dream is to become doctors or do med school. And part of it is because it's been engineered in us from a young age that if you're a high achiever, you have to do to become a doctor, you have to become an engineer, a lawyer, or like a certain profession of sorts, right? So when you come to the US, um, especially as an international student, some of the dreams that you have tend to be very unmatched to the expectations whereby you'd have to do like a pre-med that is four years and then you'd have to go to med school and then for you to go to med school you'd have to take up loans and then you'd have to do a residency program so for some people Mm -hmm. when when you weigh the costs of your dreams to like the return and the amount of time you're taking to achieve them sometimes that is not your goal because essentially probably you want to have a family later or you want to make money or you don't want to, you don't want to start your life with that. You see? Yeah. So in, people then think what's the next viable alternative for me to pursue. If you're still passionate, yeah. people go all the way and become doctors. It's not impossible, but I think people are just more like, let me be rational because one, I have dependence. Probably my family depends on me. Um, I also have a future to build and I want to build it as early as I can so that I'm settled by the time I'm in my thirties and trying to bring up a family. So I'd say that's one of the things. So it, it varies from case to case basis, depending on where you are. If you're in Kenya, then medicine is a good choice because one, it's heavily subsidized by the government. The, the re- re- return on investment is also very high since you'll have a good job, you'll have a good internship. You'll make a, you'll have a good pay. Um, in the US, some of the roles that don't have these high costs pay absurdly um, insane amounts of money. So that could be yeah. tech, finance, and uh, if you if you like trading stocks, trading like actual stocks trading, then those ones also make you a lot of money. So I think that's the main thing that cuts across. It's like it just varies from the environment and how the structure is built to ensure that people still get the skills but how costly is it to get the skills because even yes 
attending uni here is 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 a lot of money if you don't have like scholarships or if you haven't saved for them you'd have to take up loans to to pay for your uni or college so how yes. i in tune with my dreams i feel for me it's more of like right now i have right now i don't have a lot of dependence and i don't have a lot of risks i don't have a family yet um i'd say my family is good so they're not dependent on me so essentially this is the only time i have to take risks where i have I have a high tolerance to risk because I am my own accountability partner. You get, so mm-hmm. I don't have children looking at me. I have, I don't have a wife. I don't have a family, but then you also have to think whether your dreams are valid. So you do a lot of consulting and see, um, do whatever I have in mind, does it make sense and have people play devil's advocate for you and answer you and give you a hard question and tell you, okay, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? So essentially it's more of like taking a bet on yourself and trying to achieve it so that you kind of cross it. You said, I tried, I failed rather than not having tried it. And then years later, you still have that regret that I should have done it or probably yeah. put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think for me, it's more, it, it cuts across like, uh, I'd rather dare and fail and uh, learn from it than never try it at all. Yes. Yeah. And let's, with that, let's circle back to little Eugene. So give me yeah. context about what concepts do I need to know about little Eugene that has mm-hmm. informed the person he is today and the person he wants to become to be, he wants to be perhaps. Yeah. And with that, you can also in um, juxtapose that with answering the question what informs our dreams because i'm sure right now of course you being uh during kenya and then going there for uni and now definitely traveling more often means that you've gotten a broader uh perspective of how life really is for different yeah. people from for, from different contexts than someone who's like me who's just been in kenya and so probably i view the world from one viewpoint yet there's so much and the human experience allows for a lot of um, introspection. So for yeah. you, give me context about little Eugene. Uh, so I think from the get-go, things that cut across to me that really shaped who I am today is when I was in classics, Bush had this program where they'd bring, I think the top 25 primary school students for a camp or a summer, a summer camp in August. And mm-hmm. During this time, the former, like the previous year's KCP position one, two, and three, or the people who made it to Bush, like the top 10, would give a talk. And at the time, we had uh, DG Karioke as the principal. And I think that was the first time, like, it got on to me, like, oh, so this is the alliance my mom keeps talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after that, after that experience, I think from my young, uh, from a from the perspective of a young boy, I came to Alliance and then visited Mango and and Nairobi school. And ultimately, I said I wanted to come to Bush because of the caliber of men I found there. I think at the time I still remember Waiharo was the one who who spoke during my year. I was in I think twenty twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Yes. I was in classics. So Martin was the one who spoke to us. And I was like, okay, I think this is a school I'd thrive. And plus the amenities were just insane. I was impressed. So coming to Bush, um, you find a blend of both 
competitiveness and extreme exposure because of the programs and also the number, the caliber of boys that are there. So mm -hmm. from, the, from, from the interactions I had with my friends and, and the observations I'd make and see how people would go to Olympiads and achieve certain feats you wouldn't think that are attainable, then it kind of shaped my perspective that I needed to demand more from myself and just go for the things that I want to do uh, aggressively as much as I can and to put my all in there. So essentially that has shaped my focus to like seek out opportunities, try to find a better ground to grow and learn. And it's always just like trying to understand, can I, can I do something good? Can I learn from it? Will it shape my perspective in a different way? And if it does, then I go wholeheartedly towards it, which I, I would encourage everyone to do because you only learn if you learn from books and your own experiences, it's very linear. But then if you have yes. across uh, a multicultural perspective based on the people you interact with, the people who mentor you, and also the people you observe, then you get to shape your perspectives in certain ways that are more global, more multidimensional, and you get to bet on yourself and see. Like It, it gives you the hope that some things are possible. So for me, yeah. once I saw people uh, after KCC leave Bush, go to Brookhouse and already have slots to go to London, I was like, ah, then I also need to find a way to get out of this country. Because if you're being practically open and uh, sane, you'd notice that, okay, a lot of people are going to overseas countries to study. These are the same people who are going to be sought out to be like the managers the ceos or run the c-suite because of the caliber of the education they have it's not necessarily yeah. true but they are highly preferred essentially yes. especially if they've kept contact with, with kenya and they know what's happening on the ground and then they can leverage the, the knowledge that they have from all these other places they've been to bring the expertise back home and then they are the most preferred candidates for high tech roles finance roles or even te technocratic positions. So in essence, also, yes. I also need to find a way to put myself in a better learning position where whenever I'd want to come back to Kenya and contribute to my country, then I'd be at a position to do so with a multi-dimensional outlook with it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I remember someone told me, asked me, Billy, what's in a name? I think some people have talked about that. And again, mm -hmm. I'll later circle back to about on the issue of about positioning yourself. Because for you, you've clearly you've clearly been very self-aware all along. And that's another question I want to ask you uh, yeah. right away is that how are you that self-aware from such a young age? Because for some of us, I remember for me specifically, um, some, something like Bush wasn't, you know, per se, Bush was my dream school. For me, it wasn't my dream school. It's one of those things where I think I did KCPE not understanding the gravity of it or, you know, how yeah. seriously I should take this to go to a good school that will leverage me and give me opportunities to a better place. So, But for you, clearly, you are from class six, you are very aware of what you wanted. So again, what has informed this awareness for you to always begin with the end in mind? But as well, uh, did you experience, and even as you answer that, did you experience the culture shock that a lot of us talk about you know, going to Bush about how we 
entered from one, all of us being number ones in our class or being, you know, the best position. And now you do your first exam and Gafla Binvu. Or are you part of the people who really thrived in that system? <laughs> uh, I think for me, I was, I was very competitive from my young age, like, um, and that cuts across schoolwork, studies, and also sports. And this has greatly been, been championed by my mom because my mom is more of like, if you're not number one, if you're number two, you're just like the first among the list of losers. So you have to be the best. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> two, two doesn't count. So yes. um, I think I learn more when I observe people. So I'd look at people like um, a fellow classmate of mine, Melvin. Melvin would do math and go to do math to uh, to the extent of going to Brazil to doing math, you know? Mm. And this is someone you sat like a couple of desks close to. And it was mm -hmm. like when I'd reflect, I'd be like, huh, there's something this guy is doing that I'm not doing. And, mm -hmm. and it's impressive to see how much he's, how much he's achieving. And that's like, that's what happens across the board in bush like the people doing chess the people doing robotics stem sports math olympiads and people actually building even startups from ground up while you're still in in high school you know yes. so being in such an environment is if you're you can you can be completely ignorant of the fact that people are doing great stuff but then if you're a reflective person an introspective person then it cuts you like it's either i'm not working <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in this like, environment, or uh -huh. just lazing around, and for me that was what kept it was just like a constant reminder at the back of my head, like, oh, I'm probably not doing enough, or I felt I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. So essentially, I feel like if you observe people, or if you look up to people, and you can look up to people from across different angle angles, like your peers um slightly aged peers like people who are two three years above you doing things that you'd like to do now and you need the insights and then people who are who are accomplished yes so in essence i'd say for me it was just observational i wanted mm -hmm. to be better i wanted to grow my brand to some certain extent and mm -hmm. i thought out I sought out places and people who I had seen them do that perfectly. Yes. Yeah. And with that as well, talk to me about, uh, as you clearly put it, uh, the opportunities available to us at the school we love the most yeah. were a lot. And you said if you weren't aware, some things would just pass you by. But yeah. on Mondays, you'll only see that someone is going to, as you said, Brazil, someone is going to Morocco, someone is going to, you know, all these good things, and sometimes you wonder, hey, Kwani, me, I'm in another school, or what is happening? And guys would excel in all fronts of life, be it academia, be it play, sports. And so for you as well, do you feel like you fully utilize some of the opportunities available to us? Because for me, in hindsight, I feel like, wow, there's so much I could have done, but didn't do. But I think, you know, as well, that you did the best the knowledge you had. So do you feel like you fully utilize the opportunities available to you. But as well with that, um, you talked about uh, sometimes you feel like you're not doing enough. And that's exactly it, where being in a, an environment with very high achievers, 
there's mm-hmm. that constant pressure that you know everyone is doing something you're not doing uh that so of course please just pose for me that environment in the school you love the most vis-a-vis your school because i'm sure as well these people who are always doing something always up to doing something something great guys getting fundings of mamilioni you know mm-hmm. so how are those two realities for you was bush like a stepping stone to prepare you for even greater things in that yeah. realm i think for me i'd say to the best of my abilities i was able to utilize bush very well i think going back if i would change anything i would probably try and do one exchange program if possible because then that mm-hmm. would my outlook i think way earlier than when i did it like uh in in college but i'd say yeah. bush prepared me adequately because the the caliber of people who i met at bush um i'd give an instance um so when when people would would try to apply to college programs they'd end up into the three main programs which is equity uh kensup and uh education you say a huge chunk mm-hmm. of those are bush areas so even if you're applying independently you'd have these people in like a group you know like the way you have like a class group of all the class of 2018 2019 and definitely yeah. reach out to these people and be like oh i'm looking to apply um would you would you mind assisting me bushirians are very helpful especially once you graduate because then we we carry that name so high and it comes yeah. to point of like uh everything that they've just told us for the four years now comes to light like now the world is different and if you don't have like a cabal or a network of people you can call and seek help from then you're always alone unless you have like other people you can tap into so that yes. that network was very impactful for me in terms of like understanding how to go about the process people to consult about the process and having just people to piggyback information and learn from because it was a way of like paying it forward so i've i've applied got in a school now i have to pay it forward and uh prepare the next class and it, it it's sort of like a favorism of some sort because in the long run you'd find like the people who got into schools would go back to school and be like oh definitely apply to this school this is a process like they at least give you the fundamental or the rubric to on how to approach it once you graduate or if you ever decide to go this route i've laid it out to you in a map these are the people to consider yeah. the way to go so in essence you find like even if people try and do other things along the way and decide okay let me backtrack and try this thing there's always like that framework created in place to ensure that you don't lose your track anywhere and you can keep at it so i think yes. the the greatest the greatest thing i got from bush is the network of people i found like people in all sectors people in different spheres in different countries that you can tap into for any sort of information for any sort of help or for anything in mind that you think would help you achieve your goal yeah yeah and on the question on pressure and uh, feeling like you're not doing enough in uh, you know your because you're clearly in very high um, yeah. achieving environments uh-huh uh i feel now that i've done psychology like as part of my classes there's there, there are two ways that this this happens it's either you become overwhelmed 
and it becomes cathartic for you and you're very de- depressed and you think oh i'm not good enough um this is the imposter syndrome where everyone is better than me and that's that's a thing it actually happens to people but then uh if you look at it from a point of like this is what i can do this is what i can handle and you create a framework where you have a you have processes that you check off along the way to say uh this is the plan i have in mind i've broken it into these steps or these phases i'm gonna work on them like this and this and this so definitely the pressure is there because you'll definitely compare yourself to other people but it's also a good way to keep yourself in check to understand whether you're headed in the right direction or are you also making progress are you recreating yourself better becoming better and along the way it, when you associate with high performance your performance also increases so yes. they they you you kind of see ways to do things faster much more quickly it's like being taught by someone in the same class who does better in class like say physics or math the way they break down the formulas or certain concepts it's to your level of knowledge so it's easy to comprehend it's well filtered like there's a lot of clutter that has been removed from it so you just need to get like the necessary thing so having that and being around high performance it's easy for you to like filter through the information and just focus on the key components or the key ingredients or the key things that you need to work on so that you can improve yes yeah and with that as well do you feel like at some point that your competitive nature has given you an edge over everyone else because i i'm because my brother also is very competitive and he tells me that definitely being competitive gives you an edge in the way that you'll always want to do better and yeah. always achieve strive for better so you can't settle for mediocre so for <laughs> you do you think uh, that's the same case for you where being competitive has given you a sort of edge vis-a-vis someone who'd be more like cluster towards pursuing certain things i'd say people have different ways of doing things there are people who are like cluster but then they're slow but sure you know like they have a, yes. they have the end goal the a long term end goal in mind the good thing about competitive people is most of these people don't take no for an answer mm, yes they don't give up on something in mind until there's a first try there's a second try there's a third try and by the time you're getting there then it's not the, it's not the right thing you're doing you see so yes. for i think for the the edge that most competitive people have is they have a higher learning curve as compared to people who are not aggressive because mm-hmm. they do something fail restrategize do something fail restrategize do something fail restrategize if you look at that curve it's an exponential curve with a couple of halts in the middle so they go up they fail it like stumbles for a bit flattens for a bit then they go on again flattens for a bit so like the cumulative curve is very exponential compared to someone who's like you do something you fall you do something you you stop at it start something else because you never get to learn something like you never get to learn whatever you're trying to achieve because you haven't done it like in a lot of steps to refine it so i think that's the yes. edge people have is they try it a number of times learning from it and going back to the drawing board and ultimately they're successful because by the time you're doing like the fourth trial 
the guy has done the eighth trial, and so he has beaten you on all those steps. Yes, so yes. You're catch up to get to where he is at the point, or she is. And by the time you're getting there, I think the margin of difference is, is quite minimal because they've already done whatever you're trying to do. Yes. Yeah. And uh, in a few, I'll circle back to um, the ability to be, to be aggressive inside a cutthroat system. But yeah. first, uh, you talked about networking earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always say networking, there's an art to networking. There's a way I talk to Eugene mm-hmm. that makes me memorable to him that if I reach out to him in two months' time, he'll remember me and he would be willing to refer me to someone vis-a-vis someone who will talk to Eugene and Eugene won't remember him the next two months. Yeah. So talk to me about this art of networking and uh, how you've seen it work for you in uh, real time as well as how you've seen networking probably how we perceive networking in Kenya and how mm-hmm. it is uh, there as well. Yeah. And uh, I've always wondered, what is the place of networking in a system that seems to reward meritocracy, like in the US, I presume, mm-hmm. where you don't, it's not about, you know, for us, networking is connections. Yeah. But for you guys, networking is more professional. So talk to me about that. Uh, so I can, I can draw context to, to Kenya and uh, the US. So, in Kenya, networking, it's more of like, you may not be qualified, but since you know the person, you could get the job or yes. you, you could be favored for the role. Mm-hmm. In the US, most people are qualified, but then networking comes from a point of trust is say, uh, I'm doing finance and um, I'm talking to, to Billy and someone says, do you know someone in law? that I can, I can tap into and leverage their expertise. When I say I have a friend, Billy, who is competent and I think you should so- seek him out. It's me giving Billy, uh, my credit. It's like, I'm vouching for you that this person is up to par and they'll deliver for you. So that's the yeah. difference between networking in the U S and in Kenya, whereby when you network, it's you're building trust and credibility among people so that you could be uh, considered for roles where you're, you're both qualified, but is the trust factor. Yeah. Are you dependable? Are you reliable? And are you competent enough to work on the issue or manage that task? Mm-hmm. I'd say the first thing I've seen to work for me in terms of networking, it's remember people are human so try to be authentic to yourself and to them people can tell when you're really interested in them and people can tell mm. when you're like having small talk yeah small talk will get you far like will i'll remember your face but i won't have that connection with you you know but say for yeah. example um i come to you billy and say oh hi billy i am an aspiring lawyer and I've been working at Kilimani Law Courts. I came by your case on this and this and this and saw your notes. Could you ra- run me through your rationale? Because this is how I thought about it. Yes. You see, so that one, it shows this person has done research, has seen your work, and then they're talking to, they're leveraging your expertise in a way of like, I want to learn. And they've already shown you that I've done my homework. I'm not just doing, this is not a bogus question. 
I just want to actually understand how you thought about it. That's yes. different than just being like, oh, so tell me about your your track to to becoming a lawyer. And can you give me a referral? Because then I'm letting mm. you ability. And yes. I don't go oh. mm-hmm. So in essence, it's about being authentic to yourself is what do I want to learn from this person? And what can they learn from me? And are you coachable? Are you teachable? Can people be like, that was one person I mentored and I'm pretty sure they're going to do well because of certain and certain factors. They had a good attitude. They had good work ethics and they were, they were coachable. They listened and they asked questions. So once you have that in mind, then your pool of the people you're going to network with becomes smaller because you're networking from a targeted approach. I mean, you can meet yes. other people across across the board, but the people you'll be networking with, you'll be building your connections and they'll be in a particular field that you want to learn and engage in. And more often yes. than not, you'll find once you do that, the person you first network to with will be like, okay, so I have this other challenge. And they'll be like, I'm not versed in this, but I have another friend who's an expert in this. So essentially now you start you start tapping into people's connections and networks. And that comes from a point of like, you're not going to do a cold email or a cold call. It's going to be, I'm going to give my friend a call and let him know you're going to hit him up. Yes. So right now people are lending you credibility. You're trusted. Mm-hmm. Said, okay, I'm going to send Billy to you, mentor that boy. That's my own personal project. Give him, give him all the resources. And because you're my friend and you're part of my network, I'll be like, okay, since you've sent this guy, I don't even need to vet him any further. I can get on. Yes. So I think mm-hmm. that's my approach to networking and it's, it's worked so far. Try to be authentic to yourself, see what you can learn from them and be coachable, have a good attitude and learn. Mm, very interesting. I love that. I haven't written down those points because I didn't think about it from a, you need to look at it from a targeted approach where you're not just networking with every Tom, Dick and Harry as well. Because sometimes people think that you go for a networking event and now you want to get everyone's contact and, you know, (laughs) you need to be very strategic with it. And as well, please answer for me a question where in Kenya as well, the context is that for a lot of people, the networking is very transactional. Mm -hmm. So as you said, people are not uh, uh, authentic. And so, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to pull off this facade so they can probably get a referral. Or yeah. you see how someone would come to you and want you to refer them on the first meetup. And you're really wondering, as yeah. in, be for real, how many people do you think this person you uh, admire are approaching mm-hmm. him in that same way? And so, how do you stand out? So, how do you, or how would you advise us to, you know, um, detach uh, the networking from a very transactional viewpoint? Yeah. One of my professors gives an analogy of networking as seduction. You have to Mm -hmm. do it in a subtle manner that it doesn't come off wrongly or too aggressive because it varies from people to people. There are people who are more direct. There are people you have to warm your way into their lives so that they can serve the purpose you want them to. So essentially, um, the way you could go about this is Find out what they're doing, how they're doing research. You can do a cold email. Keep it professional. It's it's a lot of effort because there's no strategic method that works. But in essence, it's you have to understand who you're dealing with. 
if it's a CEO, yes. then how are you likely to meet them? Say, for example, there's like a charity work that they're doing. Say, for example, there's a talk they are giving. Then you can attend that talk and ask questions. Ask probably two, three questions that your face um, is much more memorable. Or they, 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 take, they take note of you in the crowd and be like, hmm, those are three questions asked by this person. If you follow up with an email and be like, I really enjoyed the, the discussion we had. And these are other questions I had. You see, you yes. already said like a chain, a chain of thought and you're, you're already conversing with them. Yes. When the time is suitable, you could be like, uh, this is what I've been doing with my life. And this is what I've been working on. And I just wanted to let you know, keep you updated with my progress as we further discuss. It's, it's building a relationship here. So it's more yeah. like, never like, could you do this for me? Sometimes it could be like a simple hi, like how high? I checked out your LinkedIn. Congratulations on your promotion. Um, I'd like to know how your experience is after a month or two or like a couple of months. Then this person says, okay, this is person, this is a person who is considerate to me. So in essence, it's you you definitely have to be genuine with the person. And that's why I'm saying if you're not authentic to yourself and to the other person, it's denotable from afar. Which yes. if you if you if you want to say you, for example, there's a lawyer you admire, you definitely follow them or you see them on LinkedIn. You follow their cases, you do all that. And then you could you could call email, you could find ways to, to engage with them in a natural position if it's just a dinner they, they are holding and find ways to engage with them until you're in a position where you could text, you could call, you could email them and they will reply to you. Yeah. Once you've built your 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 relationship further, then you can let them know that I'd like to pursue this and I think you'd help me in this. Are you open to doing it? So if they're open to doing it, then that's when you can leverage them as a referral, as a network, or they can just put you out there for people to like recruit you and get you working for them. Yes. Yeah. That's very interesting. Hey, Kumbe, you can actually do a whole masterclass on this 